0: Welcome to today's special Student Couch episode. My name is Yunus and I'm the editor in chief. And this week, I'm very happy to be hosting some of the candidates for the upcoming student elections in the Faculty of Humanities and the Central Student Council. For the first time listeners, this show is designed and dedicated to understanding the student voice, story, perspective, and concerns. For today's episode, I'm very happy to be welcoming Abby on this session of The Student Couch. Now, if you haven't yet, get your coffee or your tea and join us for the next half an hour with Abby. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. I am super excited to be here. Um, and, and how are you?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. I'm really, really happy that you're here with us today to talk about your upcoming plans for the upcoming yeah, yeah. elections and Um, really everything that you have to say regarding this. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're studying, things like that?
1: Um, Yeah, okay. So, sorry, once again, my name is Abby. Um, I am a second-year political science student. Uh, I'm originally from North Carolina in the United States. Um, And... yeah, I think that's <laughs> pretty oh, basic. So. I enjoy playing the flute. Fun fact.
0: <laughs> nice. How how long have you played?
1: Um 6 or 7 years, I believe.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um and where where like what did you study exactly?
1: Uh
0: Political, political science?
1: Yes, political science.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. cool. Um, did you focus on any specific track in political science?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm specializing in political theory right now, and then um, I'll continue that in my third year and minor in philosophy.
0: Okay, and have you sort of enjoyed that for the past two years?
1: Oh yeah, I, yeah. I love uh, political science. I think um, I definitely made the right decision, and I'm really glad that I um, ended up in that, uh, yeah. where I am, but I, I love what I study and what I do.
0: That's great. That's great to hear, really. Um, and then in terms of sort of what what party are you running with?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm a candidate. I am the number one CSR candidate for O twenty, 20 and I'm also a candidate in the FSR FMG for O twenty. 20
0: Wow, that's great. That's great. So you're running for both the CSR and the FMG? Yes, yes. At the same time. Yes. And h- how does that sort of work? How...
1: Um, yeah. So, well, I'm last on the FSR FMG list, um, just because we want to give the other candidates uh, more of an opportunity to you know, get, th- get those positions. Um, but it's mostly just um, um, depending on how many seats we get. Um, I know last year we ended up getting three seats, but we only had one candidate. So we ended up losing the seats that we didn't have candidates for. So, yeah, that's why the list is a bit long and why I'm on the list. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm definitely focusing mainly on the CSR.
0: Okay, okay, I see. And so, how do you get sort of like ranked on that list? Is it based on the party's choice?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we actually had um, a pretty um, in depth um, application. I had to submit a motivation letter, um, do an interview, and then I was unable to attend this part, but most of the candidates um, also had a debate where they could see like how they interact with each other, get to know each other. It wasn't like super competitive, but just to see how we all interact. And then um, there was also a pitch, which just kind of turned into like an open conversation between the candidates. And then through that process, we were selected um, based on the ranking. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I've also been a member of O20 since August, I was ranked um, a bit higher as an internal member because we also have a lot of external applicants who are not technically in the party or party members.
0: Okay, I see. So it's it's basically like it really all depends on the party itself, your involvement with it and sort of your your interaction with the other members and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and of course like um yeah, pretty much just seeing how the candidates interact with each other and seeing maybe mm-hmm. who works best with who and, and kind of ranking that way as well and um yeah, I think uh, they also looked at our CVs as well.
0: Okay, okay, that's really good. Um, it's, it's nice to see that there's sort of like a comprehensive process behind it and it's not like yeah. a free for all yeah. type thing. Where,
1: I want to be a candidate. And then you sign up. <laughs> right, right. It, yeah. it was a pretty extensive process. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I felt it was nice. And they, uh, um, I, I'm not sure exactly who was on the deciding board, but I know it was pretty diverse as well, which is good.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, um, why did you decide to sort of get into this election stuff?
1: Yeah, so... Great question. Um, I feel like my answer could be long, but I'll Mm -hmm. try to give it, but, uh, yeah, so I joined O20 in August. And at this point I knew basically nothing about any of the student politics. Um, and it's still a process. I'm still learning a lot as I go. But, um, back then I really didn't know anything. And I was like, you know what, I do want to get more involved. Um, and because I'm in political science, the, uh, founders of, um, O20 are also in political science. And so Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of learned about the party. And, um, I joined the policy writing team. So I've been writing policies the past, uh, well, since August. Um,
0: Sorry to cut you off there. What do you mean by writing policies?
1: Yeah. So what O20 does is we actually, as a party, help our candidates. So we kind of try to take the workload off the candidates a little bit. And so um, we, First of all, for our party program and just to have policies on our page, we write policies. And so we have a policy team and that team kind of does the research. Uh, We write out these policies in a specific format that we have, trying to keep it close with um, the documents that are in the council as well so that it's comprehensive. Mm and, yeah, so we do the research, research which policies are feasible. The candidates let us know what's feasible and maybe what they want us to look into. And then we do the research and write the policies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was on the policy writing team since August. Um, so I'm pretty familiar with writing policies and what will work in. in well, we're only in the FSR FMG, but what will work in, in that council, at least, mm-hmm. um, and kind of how that process goes. So getting involved with the policy writing, I really kind of just... Um, realized how much you can do because I didn't realize that and mm-hmm. I think that most students don't realize how much you can can actually try to change and it is a process of course but yeah. um, that's what got me really interested in running initially and um, I'm also just really passionate about education and mm-hmm. um, representing people so I think that would be like probably one of the main reasons um, but yeah my experience with 020 definitely helped me make that decision
0: that's great that's great so i imagine that's also how you chose the party itself yeah,
1: yeah 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 i was really interested in um the amount of involvement you can do just as a party member and the fact that you know at O twenty 20 we also have outside events mm-hmm. um not sponsored by the uva but just by ourselves that we plan and organize and i think that that's really special as well in a way that you can feel involved without being in the council and you can feel represented and like have your voice out there
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think that's definitely great because i feel like the 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 difficulty i mentioned yes this yesterday as well in in a podcast recording but i felt like the difficulty in getting students engaged is not just like oh all right we want people to vote so let's just pull up at the last two weeks and then tell people yo let's vote yeah it's about the continuous engagement all throughout providing them with enough resources throughout the year and really catering to their needs and their exact needs and i feel like a lot of these parties today have also done a really good job of doing this yeah yeah
1: absolutely yeah
0: and now i just feel like the step is in that conversion rate and really getting students to yes um, yes to increase sort of the voting rates here at uva um, yeah. but what so getting back to sort of the policies you were working on what are the what are some of the policies you worked on
1: yeah so one of the policies that um is one of my made policies that i'm running on but one that i actually researched and wrote um mm. well i co-wrote it um with a, another member of the policy team um but it's actually a housing platform policy so we did a little research and other universities use this as well in different forms where they have maybe landlord rating systems or something like that but we basically had the idea just because we spoke to a lot of students dutch and international who just had so many housing issues they ended up in unsafe positions mm-hmm. um they got scammed you know they got left behind by the uva i mean when you register for housing with the uva you you pay the fee um which is quite pricey itself and then um um, the uva sometimes lets you know like a week or two before um classes start that you didn't get a room yeah and then you're like oh my gosh <laughs> what do i do yeah. um yeah. and that happened to a few a few of the people within o20 but you know we talked to other people as well and we realized that mm-hmm. you know um the the uva does do a lot to try and help but we need a platform where you know Um, students don't have to worry about getting scammed. They don't have to worry about landlords, which might be a bit sketchy, which might put them in really uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. I've heard people where their landlords just show up at their door without any notice, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're like, Hey, I'm here. Um, so yeah, we want. We wrote this policy um, to kind of advocate for the UVA to set up some kind of landlord rating system or a platform in which students can exchange housing. They can advertise housing if they're Mm -hmm. subleasing their room. Um, And this could also help with um, outside landlords who want to advertise to students or something. And the UVA can go and and rate them and and, Mm -hmm. uh, vet it. And, um, yeah, other universities do this as well. So, um, yeah, this is just one of the policies that I'm running on and um, that I wrote as well.
0: That's great to hear, really. I mean, I I've, I've personally haven't had too many housing problems, but I've heard from friends who, like, um, in the beginning of the year, like, during intro week or things like that, yeah, um, yeah. literally <laughs> had friends, like, sleeping in the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and I know.
0: Yeah, and yeah. then they wake up in the morning to party or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, my back hurts, like, a yeah. 60-year-old man." They get,
1: like, two hours of sleep. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and
0: to even get there, it's, like, an hour to, to get to yeah. that location or whatever yeah, it is. But uh,
1: Oh, yeah, I heard plenty of those stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's,
0: it's just really crazy with all, yeah. all of the housing situation. But I mean, I'm not really too sure about what can go, what what are the difficulties for housing? I mean, logically thinking, at, at least for me, it seems like a university should have some sort of thing like this, um, where they have a platform that's open access to all students, open access to all um, landlords or companies, whatever it is. Yeah. But why isn't there? Um, Do you perhaps know a reason for that? Do you know what are some complications that they may have? Is it perhaps the law that doesn't permit things like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a really good question. I'm not entirely sure why they wouldn't, especially because, Mm -hmm. I mean, even now, just thinking about it, um, when you go and try to find housing through the UVA, um, you don't really get a choice in what they give you. So Mm -hmm. they don't even see, like, okay, this is what we have to offer because they have these partnerships and they have these open rooms, but it's just not made public. Yeah. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why that would be the case. Um, it, it could be privacy concerns, but the problem is that I mean, the the rooms that the UVA offers are already places that you can go outside of the UVA like the key or duo or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't really see a reason why you wouldn't say, I mean, it it could be maybe more complicated to program possibly on the website. So mm-hmm. um maybe it's a bit more complicated to say, okay, here's all the housing. Um pick what you want but i mean i know in other universities you can see the buildings that they offer Mm -hmm. um and you can rank you can say this is my first choice second choice third choice Mm -hmm. and maybe that's something to look into as well but i really um couldn't think of uh a reason why they wouldn't do that besides maybe it's just like a a bit more work but i definitely think it's something to advocate for because i mean i think that that would be like, extremely helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I remember, at least in my housing process, I, I went on the website um, and I actually went through the UVA to okay, sort of yeah. get it as an international student. Yep. Um, and then I actually had the website sort of time out uh during the oh. moment where I booked the room or chose the 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 location. Oh okay. And so I didn't get that location. Ah. And then like I think a month later or something, or a few weeks later at least, I get a confirmation. So oh. for me, I'm still back in Morocco. I still have no idea about what's happening yeah. like the Netherlands. <laughs> I come yeah. up, I show up, I literally I like my me getting into the Netherlands took an entire day just because I got my passport in the morning for, and my visa and things like that. Oh, okay. And then that same afternoon, I packed mm-hmm. all my clothes and came to the hotel. <laughs> so everything, really <laughs> yeah, everything was in a rush, yeah. everything was crazy. But basically, yeah, I pretty much come to the Netherlands and then um, I'm in Amsterdam, I go mm-hmm. to the science park um, so that way yes, they can actually yes. send me yeah. to my actual place. Yeah. This bus comes, picks us up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the bus comes, comes to pick up more like 15, 20 people in the bus. Everyone goes down one by one, one by one. And I'm like the last one in it. <laughs> and I'm like looking at Google Maps and it seems like the location that I was given is not the location the bus is going to. Oh, and I'm no. sitting right at the front of the bus and I turn to the bus driver and I go, hey, are we going here? He goes, no. And I go, then why am I in this bus? And he goes, no, no, your location is there. It's not here. And I go, I've never heard of this. Yeah. And then he just drops me off in that middle of like, I think he was in Demon just bust me off in the middle of demon i have no idea even which building my thing is i don't know where to go with two big like (laughs) suitcases um yeah and it was just like a crazy experience to know at least as a student and my parents were here with me but they didn't come with me throughout that entire way yeah um they were kind of like confused to see this i mean comparing to like Um, comparing to like American universities or other universities mm-hmm. that my older brothers have been to or whatever it is, it's like that housing procedure is like what really guarantees the safety for parents. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. I really feel like that, that aspect is kind of important just because it's not only for the students. But also as long as you reduce a little anxiety from anyone it does, it just helps yes, it's not going especially right.
1: yeah, especially when you're when you're coming into the first year and you're trying to just learn everything and, and navigate. I mean mm-hmm. there's a great introduction to <laughs> your country just going right in but yeah. I mean <laughs> um, yeah, no, i think I think the family aspect is super important, something that I hadn't even thought about, but I think mm-hmm. that's a, an amazing point as well is like your family wants to make sure that you're safe too and um yeah, maybe maybe there should have been a few more guides around to yeah. <laughs> get you on the right bus or something as yeah, well. Really. Um, yeah, really.
0: No, I mean, thankfully, it was the right bus, but I mean, at least... Uh, For the right into, place,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: at least in terms of like, um, especially family coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like the issues that students may have or the concerns that students may have Are also very involved with family issues and family complications Um, and of course we all have our different backgrounds and things like that to take into consideration Um, but do you feel like there is any specific parts like for example I don't know like financial matters or something other than housing that you feel like concerns families and students as well Um, like and is important to, to, to improve
1: yeah, that's that's a really interesting question because i do feel like we focus so much on students which of course that's what it's about but i mean you know the, the students are sponsored by their families as well um and yeah so i mean finance wise um especially with the COVID crisis i mean there's been in, in the pandemic in general there's been so many financial problems and um it, it's so difficult though because um because of the way it works here, how the finances are kind of on a national level, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the decision, for example, for the Dutch government to cut tuition by 50%, um, which is great, and but that mostly applies to Dutch students, which is still good financially. But mm-hmm. for international students, you know, um, I, I don't think there's been a clear decision on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe... Um, it would be nice for the UVA to advocate for at least like a clear decision so that students can, can prepare their finances. But I think finances is a huge thing. It's just such a complicated issue that I can't even say that I fully understand because it's so, I mean, even during my research, um, um, with, within the policy team, mm-hmm. whenever we try to go into finances, it's so difficult to find like where the money goes. It's all kind of like they have the allocation model, um, which is great. And I know that that's been improved, um, over the years as well, due to mm-hmm. the council, but, um, it's still just they'll they'll say you know this is our internal funds uh, whatever and I just don't really I can't really understand where they're actually going to mm-hmm. and what they're being used on so I mean I think also maybe some more transparency as well which um, is you know kind of a vague term but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know I think it's super important especially if families are looking into that and trying to prepare their finances um, I think that that's a huge thing that it's it's a bit unclear what's going to happen so um, mm-hmm. but it's just so difficult since you know it's also on a national level
0: yeah no definitely and I feel like I, I personally struggled with that as well I first heard the tuition is 50% off immediately pick up the phone call my parents hey <laughs> no. you guys don't have to pay 50% next yeah, yeah, year and yeah. they go oh wow that's so great we don't believe that and I go no I swear I promise like whatever it's gonna be great yeah and they go oh all right cool four months later call back hey guys <laughs> Um, so I kind of so, messed up
1: here, yeah. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah. To be fair, when they announced that though, you really have to read the fine print and it says, um, I think what they originally proposed is that um, it's 50% and that 50%, like what they cut from the Dutch tuition or the EU tuition applies to international. So it's like a thousand-ish euros off mm-hmm. of ours, which take what you can get, you know, but yeah. um. But but, it, but weirdly enough, clear. yeah.
0: Weirdly enough though, so I went on study link, for example, mm-hmm. and that's where you can kind of pay for yes. everything. Yes. Um, and the price for my tuition increased by like a thousand two hundred something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like yeah.
0: crazy to me. So the phone call to my parents was like it's not 50% off it's like 20% more <laughs>
1: actually you're gonna have to pay more yeah <laughs> I think um I think we had a problem with that I remember um within my department at least we had a problem with that last year mm-hmm. and for some reason it was a problem within StudiLink. um so if you called the uva and you said hi my tuition was like this last year yeah. and now it's raised like and they'll bring it down
0: okay Um, okay so
1: i don't know if you looked into that but i would highly recommend calling uva and being like hey (laughs) i think this is wrong
0: yeah no for sure for sure i mean that was just like a small example maybe someone listening might have had a similar problem but um yeah so other than sort of family matters and that specific aspect of student life um what do you think about sort of like online education do you think it should be offered as an option for next year um, or do you feel like it should be just based on the regulations that there are?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think that um, a hybrid is probably uh, what should be at least for the first semester. I don't mm-hmm. know how things are going, but because, um, <clears throat> you know, UVA is so international, I think that it would highlight a lot of um, inequalities if, um, say, students in other countries where the vaccine process is going slower are uncomfortable with, you know, coming back or traveling or, you know, they're, they're not able to come back yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so I think offering that to them is, is essential. Also, I think that, um, I'm not entirely sure how the big lectures will go since, you know, and, and exam halls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Cause you have like. 500 students in, in one room mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's pretty difficult to do like 1.5 meters as well yeah um in and, and those spaces mm-hmm. <clears throat> um so i definitely think a hybrid education would be useful i think also of course like still recording the lectures and having those online um Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think that that's, at least for the first semester, the best approach just because you don't want to leave students behind just because personally they're uncomfortable with the situation still. Maybe they're not yeah. vaccinated yet. Maybe they don't feel safe. Um, and I think that's really important because I I know that there are students out there who really, like, even now that UVA uh, is back open, at least temporarily, they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, to, uh, to ensure that students are comfortable, I think that at least for the first semester it should be hybrid.
0: Okay. Okay. I see. I see. There's a bunch of different sort of opinions about this online education thing. Some people feel like, um, no education needs to be in person. And of course people are right to believe. So others also need the online aspect.
1: I think, I mean, yeah, I think getting back to in person is obviously where we want to go. Um, because it's, it's, you know, very integral to your, um, your education. I mean, to socialization, Mm -hmm. everything like that, to, um, part of the university experience and to really, I mean, students really do struggle learning online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it comes to just the safety, because I mean, you know, it is a global pandemic and there are, uh, vaccine inequalities, um, in the world. And I, I think that f- for that aspect, it should be hybrid, but of course, like mm-hmm. as, as soon as we can, as soon as things are, people are really feeling safe, they're vaccinated, they're ready. Um, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, of course we want to move back to, to those in person and, mm-hmm. uh, really contact, um, Learning, Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, this is like one of the first experiences I have in person.
1: <laughs> I know, I you know. know. I'm, no, no, no. I'm like, how do I socialize? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, sometimes I walk out to go to the supermarket. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's actual people. I know, yeah. as soon as the city started opening back up, I was like, whoa, people live here? <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, no, definitely. And then in, in terms of sort of like, um, so recently I heard that, um, for example, the University of Tilburg, has a 70% show-up rate in the elections, while we at Uva, supposedly (laughs) one of the best universities in the world, and in the Netherlands, have a 14% turnout rate. What do you think about that, and do you think anything could be done about that?
1: Yes, I have honestly thought about this so extensively, because Mm. I think... um, it's so, it's so important because how can you say that anything's really representative when, you know, the turnout is so low?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think I checked today and I think it decreased last year to like 11.4% turnout or something for the CSR at least.
0: <laughs> wow. I, I didn't know a low number like that could even yeah. go down more. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah,
1: you're usually. like, well, how is this representative mm-hmm. at all? And I think that, like, um, I was listening as well to some debates from last year um, within the CSR, and they really talked about how, like, um, unhappy people are with just, like, the system, and they feel like they can't do anything, and they can't get involved. And so I feel like, um, you know, maybe it's a little <laughs> silly to say, but I feel like really bringing back and helping students realize that, like, you can get involved and there are things that you can do. Mm Um, and, um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that's really important. And I think an example of kind of making students feel like they can get involved is um, at O20 with in our in our research as well. We um, do focus groups. And so we get like a group. um, We try to make it uh, as diverse as possible with international, Dutch, uh, different Mm -hmm. levels. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. we did it recently, mostly within the FSRFMG with like communication science, psychology, political science, um, uh, et cetera. And just recently with PBLE as well. Mm -hmm. And we get policy ideas. And so we listen to what the students are struggling with. um, And we say, okay, so here's the issue. Um, We can write this out, put this in our report. Can we use you, like cite you as somebody who will, you know, kind of back this up. And I think almost through that method, if you apply that, you know, on a CSR level, Mm -hmm. you can really help students feel like, okay, we're using what you're telling us to like, represent you and to, to help change things and i think that it's it's a great initiative mm-hmm. um because i think that's a wonderful way to get students involved it's voluntary as well mm-hmm. um and i think it really shows that um you know you you can get involved you don't have to be on the council um, yeah. the council's here to represent you so we need to know more about you and i think another layer to that is um Honestly, I think it would be really interesting to try. I'm not sure, I tried to look and see if it was out there, so maybe I missed it, but mm. I tried to look to see if there's any research um, on why students at UVA just don't really wanna vote, if they don't know, if they don't really care, if mm. they're just unhappy so they feel like they can't do anything. Um, so if not already done, I think that that like maybe something the CSR could do is try mm. to compile some kind of research um, on that as well, a survey or something, to really figure out why people aren't voting.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely important, and I mean, it's it's. I think you're right in terms of like discussing what are the problems or what are the possible solutions. We need to know the reasons why people are not doing these exactly things. Yeah. exactly. And I, at least at least for my part, I feel like there's a few contributing factors, and I mean, okay. it could maybe be something like um, you feel like your actions wouldn't really matter, mm-hmm. um, and so for that, that could be translated in many different ways as to many different small actions that show students that what they say doesn't really matter
1: yeah um, yeah
0: and so maybe in terms of at least um at least the hope throughout this podcast and everything like that is to really get that message out to see if yeah. if perhaps the reason why people are not engaged is because they don't hear about it
1: mm-hmm, um mm-hmm.
0: and then hopefully through at least increasing at least um awareness about what's happening you would at least hope to see some change in people's actions and yeah. actually trying to vote um but yeah I think I think that's definitely that's definitely fair to say in terms of um doing the proper research doing focus groups and doing things like that to figure out what what needs to be done. Um and so what are your plans other than I mean I know you've mentioned um sort of working on the housing aspect and uh, uh, working on getting that communication out to students and really representing the student voice. Are there any other sort of aspects we haven't spoken about yet that you're focusing on for your election?
1: Yes, so I'm running on two other policies. Mm -hmm. Um, One fun follows, sorry, falls. (laughs) One falls under um, the mental health pillar at O20, and the other one is regarding jobs and internships. Mm -hmm. Um, For mental health, I'm advocating that um, for the first point of contact, it should be tutors, um, just because of how bureaucratic it can be. There's long wait lists to get in with the psychologists, um, and there's not that many psychologists as well. and so for students to really have that outreach, um, we think since tutors are kind of like very regularly in contact with the students, having mm-hmm. them as a point of contact for further information or how to get, um, you know, yeah, the information you need if, if you're seeking therapy or you need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, yeah, that's one of the policies that I'm advocating for as well. Yeah. Um, and speaking from personal experience as well, like I, um, I had tried to find a therapist Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like I had no idea how to do anything and I Thank think you. it would be really beneficial to have been able to reach out to a tutor and say Hey, like you, you live here. You know a little bit more. Can you help me find more information about this? Yeah. Um. Because it's 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 an intense process, especially to do on your own, and especially if you're suffering from mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially right now as well. So um. Yeah. And then the other policy is regarding internships and um jobs, and mm-hmm. that is just really to focus on expanding internship and job opportunities for students. Um. Of course, there's a job board, but a lot of students haven't heard about the job board. Yeah. Um. And a lot of the folks. is for third-year students as well, just because there's uh, internship opportunities more for the third year. And um, yeah, so we kind of want to expand those opportunities for all students Mm -hmm. um, to really get involved. And uh, we really just think that uh, we want to advocate that, or I want to advocate as well that the UVA um, should maybe, yeah, just work on the outreach, maybe contact Mm -hmm. some more people and find some internship opportunities um, or jobs which can apply to even first or second years. Uh, summer opportunities, things like that. So those are the other two policies that I'm I'm running on.
0: That's that's so great. I mean, at least for for your first thing being mental health, I think that's 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 extremely important, at least during these times. And I know we've previously spoken about this on the podcast, but um, obviously students have had difficulties, at least getting the student psychologists yeah. sometimes taking three to even longer. Uh, three weeks to even longer than that right, to actually yeah. get an appointment, mm-hmm. um, and then of course even the role of tutors I've heard that as well before from um, the current council actually who has also been yeah. trying to push that in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course there are some difficulties with getting that happen uh, to happen. Um, on the other hand, you also have like the tutors' mental health as well to handle. Oh, absolutely. Um, Which is like you can't just overload the tutors with work no, to be course. like handled. But, yeah. <laughs> So, I feel like it's uh that mental health issue is sort of like a uh, how how do I say this more like a general sort of thing to look at comprehensively yeah yeah, um, and in detail to look at what actually impacts students' mental health and things like that, yeah,
1: which yeah, which the uva is um of <clears throat> course doing research into that as well mm-hmm. with their crisis monitor and everything mm-hmm. um I don't think any results have been published yet uh I'm not, not entirely too sure. sure yeah not I have too sure. to look at, that. Yeah. but um. If they are, I will read them very soon, but um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good place to start as well. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, if the results aren't published, then I mean, we're already kind of, um, it's, it's a little late, you know, yeah. in, I, yeah. if, I feel, the, but...
0: The, the year is ending. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's <laughs> a little are late, but, open but open <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I, I think that's a good point. And, and I have heard that other studies do have tutors as, um, as, uh, first points of contact as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's really about kind of applying that um, throughout the UVA, but I yeah. do know that it does work in some um, studies I've heard as well.
0: Okay. Okay. And yeah, and I, I definitely feel like also as well, um, some things that maybe Uva might not be taking into consideration is like those little things again, coming back to the anxiety inducing things. Uh, right. yeah. Very small things like, for example, just like, uh, I don't know, a course manual is not detailed enough. And so the student has to <laughs> yeah. figure out the majority of it or yeah. a test has questions that are seem like they're translated from Dutch that affect, mm. um, a person's ability to take a test or, um, really just like, really small things or like a small unexplained part in an assignment, these things are all contributing factors to our overall anxiety.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like
0: you can't deal with mental health unless you look at the quality of education, who is giving it and how they're giving yeah, it exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's it's such a complex issue and it's, mm-hmm. it's so difficult to tackle. So I think that, you know, taking what we can and with what we know and what we can do, you know, is, is really important, but it's something that's going to be just just a, a continuous process um, it has to be you know
0: yeah definitely definitely all right so okay so for everyone listening here today um, what would you tell them to go out and vote and to go out and hopefully vote for you if that's what you <laughs> want <laughs> yeah,
1: um, yeah I mean yeah of course I would I would appreciate your vote but I think what's most important is educate yourself on you know um, what values you align yourself with what you want to see for the university um, who you want to represent you and um um, you know, just, yeah, just really figure out, um, where you align yourself and vote, just go out and mm-hmm. vote. Um, of course I will appreciate the vote, but, um, I think the most important thing that we all can collaborate and all can agree on is that, you know, we need to go out and vote. Um, um, but yeah, I think that would be my main, um, Hopefully it's not like pleading. Please vote. <laughs> That's
0: all right. Everything goes. <laughs>
1: Everything <Yeah>. goes, guys.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for listening here today. Um, but please make sure Abby here is voting for the CSR and for the FMG. So please be sure to go out and vote. Um, and uh, this show is brought to you by Media Magazine, the fully student-led communication science magazine. Um, I hope you enjoyed the listening and I'll see you guys later.
1: Thank you, guys.